You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network covering IU women's basketball. Today is our 88th episode recorded on Sunday, December 3rd, 2023, and I'm your host, Kathy Amos, and today joined with me is my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Today, we are going to break down your number 17 Indiana Hoosiers win, 72-34 win over the Stetson Hatters at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. That brings their record to 7-1. But as always, we will start off our our show with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And Jeff, for me, I'm actually going to go to before the game even started for my banner moment. And there were two things I think that really were really lovely to see today. And the number first one is actually how um, they handed out all of these blue shirts to people coming in for the crowd. And the shirt said, we stand with Yarden, we stand with Israel. And a lot of people in the crowd were, were, were wearing those shirts. And on top of it, not only that, to show their, their support of Yarden, um, Jeremy Gray, the, the in-stadium announcer, he also actually usually announces McKenzie Holmes last in the starting lineup. And today he actually announced Yarden Garzon in that last spot. Um, in addition to that, they were also wearing the red jerseys today instead of their normal white when they were at home. And that was actually in support of ALS for Coach Morin, who her mother passed away from ALS in 2014. So it's just really two nice ways to, to honor people in the program with Coach Morin and Yarda and Gar Garzon. So for me, that is our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And as always, our banner moment is brought to you by Homefield Apparel, presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes the Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Right now, they have restocked the bomber jackets. So go out there and see if you have one that maybe if you don't have an Indiana one, maybe you want that or many other schools that they have. But not only do you get that quality apparel. You are supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME23 for 15% off, and the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, Jeff, um, I don't think we have any real news headlines for today that are new from our last podcast. So let me go ahead and kick it right to you for your Marlowe's musings. What's on your mind today? Compared to where we were about 48 hours ago, 72 hours ago, Kathy, this was this was a much better feeling. I mean, it was a an A. I'm not sure I graded out as an A, but it was definitely a B, B plus uh, game. They, uh, we'll talk about some of the things that will bring it down a little bit, but I thought the energy was way better. Uh, from this from this game um, on on today's game against Stetson now, and, and I thought the defense was pretty solid. 
overall uh again when we get to the notable numbers we'll talk there but i just i thought it was a good bounce back game after and i think you also have to maybe look back on thursday now with maybe there were just more distractions than we thought there were other than just simply mac going back home excuse me mac going back home maybe that maybe there was way more to that and the kids kind of got wrapped up into it as well but you know um Either that or Maine's going to turn out to be a pretty good team uh, as well. But uh, again, a good game, get back here at home, and now they'll get ready for big you – know, they got a, a Big Ten Conference game coming up next week. So I, I, I was very pleased. I really liked what I saw from the team today overall. Yeah, I, I have the same thoughts on that, Jeff. I mean, you know, Stetson wasn't a high-scoring team to begin with. They are only averaging 55 points per game as it is. But, you know, to hold a team to 34 points with the fourth quarter, especially only five points, and that was even with a lot of our bench players coming in. I know Stetson was bringing in their bench players at that time too, but still I think the de defense from almost um, tip-off until that very last buzzer really was um, on point today. Um, this is some of the better defense I think that we've, we've seen them play um and we'll talk again when we get to notable numbers about some of the shooting from Stetson and you know they were definitely struggling with our our size and I think that led to a lot of their low field goal percentage mm -hmm. too so um but we'll we'll talk about that but um I think more in the pivotal our notable numbers but first maybe let's talk about some pivotal plays that we saw in today's game and I'm not sure if there's a whole lot but um I have a couple but why don't you go first what do you have <laughs> um, I'm going to go back into the first quarter and it, and I don't remember the exact time frame, but it was in about middle of the quarter and we, we, we were, we were playing okay, but we weren't putting the ball in the basket very well. I mean, we were up by six or seven, maybe at that point, but then, um, uh, I think it was Yarden, uh, Chloe and, and Sarah all basically hit threes back to back to back. And I thought that was a pivotal play. That, it finally felt like he, they, they got some cushion and we're getting away from them. And, and, and from that point, I also felt like it kind of broke their spirit just a little bit. Cause I think Stetson mm -hmm. was like, Hey, we're hanging around here. It's almost, you know, middle the little bit latter part of the first quarter. We're still kind of hanging around four or five points down. And now boom, boom, boom. Next thing you knew it was ends up a 24 to nine first quarter. So that I thought that was a pivotal stretch. Yeah, I do too. And I think that was about probably when we, we went on a 19 0 run there kind of, I think that started in that first quarter and well into the second quarter, you know, that second quarter in particular, you know, I thought um, we played really well, but just opening it up that, that first quarter 24 to nine, we outscored them. And it was just really, you know, it, it, like you said, I think it deflated Stetson right out of, out of the gate, you know um, another one for me is actually kind of later in the game. Um, which was around the two minute two two minute mark in the third quarter. I just thought it was a real. I don't know if I would be pivotal, but I just really liked the hustle from Lexi. She was down playing defense, and one of the Stetson players got the ball down on the block, and Lexi just came around her and just literally ripped the ball from the girl's hands, went down and drove it on the other end, um, and ended up getting a, you know making her layup and getting fouled and making um, her free throw, putting us up there um, twenty four to fifty three, and again. And it was just one of those plays that I think was kind of indicative of the um, hustle that we had all game, especially on the defensive end. I really liked what I saw from Lexi today with her defense. And that was just one play I wrote down that I wanted to talk about just because I thought her play overall was pretty good today on the defensive end. But um, do you have any thoughts on maybe Lexi and how she was coming in off of, um, the bench for us? I thought she brought some decent energy. I, I thought there was a point there. Um, I think I may have even put this in the discord. I really, there was a point there in that lineup where they were playing 
uh, Chloe and Lexi together and, 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 or, and maybe even Lene, I kind of, there was a brief moment. I was like, I, I made the comment. I really liked that lineup. You know, yeah. I, I thought it made us a little quicker, a little more ball handling. Again, obviously we're not going to see that lineup a ton on the floor, but I thought it was one. I, I, and, and you talk about Lexi, but I think you also look at somebody like Jules. I mean, as a Jewel Romandola came off the bench, she didn't score, but she provided some solid defense. She provided some rebounding. So I thought, again, another ex- example of, you know, again, they don't sh- always show up in the stat column, but some pivotal plays. I thought, I thought Jules, especially uh, in her 15 minutes, really gave us some solid minutes. Yeah, I did too. I mean, she got four rebounds in that 16 minutes too, a block and a steal um, and only one foul. You know, I, I thought that um, she did some really nice stuff. You know, she's not contributing a whole lot, like you mentioned, offensively, but that's not what we need her to do. But I thought she, again, came in and had some nice energy off of the bench and especially with um, her defensive rebounds and a day where I felt like we were really struggling if we we're going to you know, find any flaw in today, it was their defensive rebounding. You know, we let um, uh, Stetson get how many offensive rebounds did they end up? I know they had 11 in the first half and they ended, yeah, in 11, just in the first half alone. So um, I thought our defensive rebounding really wasn't real strong today, but, you know, um, uh, we had uh, Jules come in and give us four uh, of our our rebounds Mm -hmm. there. So I thought that was really good from her. Um, what other kind of pivotal plays do you have written down that you might want to talk about? Again, it's it hard to really pinpoint a lot of pivotal plays, but there was one, and I can't remember exactly where it was, uh, whether it was late third quarter or it was early in the fourth quarter, but there was a shot taken by us, kind of long, off the back iron. It was a baseline, corner baseline shot, and Mac tracked it down about 18 feet out for a rebound and basically took it on the dribble, went into the lane yep. and finished with the layup. So but I, that, again, it wasn't necessarily pivotal, but it shows you that your senior leader, your all American types, you know, still going to lead by a little bit of example, even though we were up big at that point, she was still hustling down a rebound. So again, I don't have a lot of pivotal plays here just because it ended up being such a wide margin. You know, you don't really feel those pivotal plays, but I agree with you. And I think that's where we're going to get to when we get to the notable numbers. I think we'll definitely talk about the rebounding a little bit. Yeah. I had that exact same play that um, you were talking about it late in that third quarter where Mac kind of went really um, strong after that uh, offensive rebound. Um, the last one I had written down was just early into the fourth quarter, about a minute and a half in again, Lexi had a block down on the defensive end. Um, she blocked a three pointer. I believe it was, she got the ball down to Chloe Moore McNeil. And the reason I wrote this down is because I thought this was very indicative of Chloe play today where she could have just um had a you know fairly easy bucket right there and go up for it but instead she gave it to mac who got two instead and you know chloe led the team today in assists with six um for for the team and i thought that was really nice of um watching that from chloe today so that's the reason i wrote that play yeah. down again not that it was necessarily pivotal but i just thought it was meaningful because of you know Chloe sharing sharing the ball again and um I think she's just really turning it on with those assist numbers I will do this it wasn't pivotal today but we came out in the second half and I think we started 0 for 8 or 0 for 9 and and seven of them were threes we were 0 for 7 from three in that stretch and again had a 19 had a 21 point lead Stetson has scored a bucket to make it 19 so we had a comfortable lead still but in a tighter game in a in, or in a game where the other team's capable of making a bigger run, that would have been a pivotal stretch. But I also got a feeling against a in a different scenario with a different lead and a different team. Mm-hmm. I think Coach Moore maybe have taken a timeout to kind of yeah. get, you know, and get something set up, okay. you know. Settled in. But I do want to point out, because we saw some of this in the workaholic chat at the third quarter. But even with that said, 
for as bad as we felt the third quarter was, we won the quarter 17 to nine. Yeah. Yeah. And it was mostly in that second half of the third quarter. So that yes. first five minutes, I even noted down in that first five minutes, um, we were, we were outscored four to two. I mean, it was just not good basketball <laughs> at all. Not pretty. Uh, no. And it just felt like our offense, we were throwing up shots, especially three pointers way too quick. We weren't moving the ball. And I felt like that got adjusted at that media timeout and you came out and you saw a lot better ball movement. And as a result, better production end up scoring than 15 points in that, that last half of the quarter so yeah the first half of the third quarter was probably the worst stretch of basketball in that game um but luckily our, our defense was still on we only allowed you know Stetson to score four points in that that stretch as well but it was not fun watching it that was for sure so yeah maybe a little bit um lack of focus with a 20 something point lead but um not not the best part of the game so no. let's move on Jeff to notable numbers then and um, talk about some statistics that we saw today you want to go first yeah and I'm going to kind of take a couple here Kathy and I, I'm going to focus and again we're always trying we're, we're trying to keep this more limited to team numbers in this segment but I'm going to go with two numbers here that kind of to me go hand in hand to how easily this game was won uh IU led 44 to 10 in points in the paint and 26 to nothing on fast break points, which to me is kind of where I'd like to see us get a little more. I know we're not going to win most games 26 to nothing at fast break points, but I liked it when we were playing with some pace today and also trying to take advantage of our size inside and getting, and sometimes the points of the paint are coming off layups. They're coming off things that you're doing to, you know, on the transition to get in there. So, um, so I thought those two kind of go hand in hand points in the paint and fast break points today, especially IU dominated those numbers. If you put them together, that's a, you know, well, it's not fair to put them together. Cause like I said, sometimes it can be one and the other. So, but again, yeah. you, you know, you, you, huge advantage in those two numbers. Yeah. Um, th those are really great. 26 to nothing on fast break points. I, again, I, like you had mentioned, I think, we had better pace today. We were really pushing the ball from the, from the tip off until that last buzzer, even even with the you know thirty almost a thirty point lead at that point, we were still pushing the ball. Um, so it was good to see, and it showed up in the numbers today, like you mentioned. Um, for me, I'm going to talk about turnovers. We forced eleven turnovers today or excuse me, 16 and only had 11 ourselves. But the thing that I liked on it is not only did we force 16 turnovers, but we turned those into points as well. So 17 points, which I think probably also gets into those fast break points that you mm -hmm. were talking about as well. So again, I just, you know, turning that defense into offense today was something we um, love to see. And it was really on, on display today, I thought. Yeah, and the one person for us who struggled handling the ball or turning it over today was Lexi. So for as yeah. much as as well as we thought she played, she she had four turnovers. Nobody yeah. else had, and then Lily had two, and one of those was an moving screen. So really, nobody was turning it over today. Everybody else had one. So I thought that was a huge number. I'm going to go to the other one and and uh, or another one here, and I'm going to focus on the defensive side of it. Even against a, a team that wasn't very good, missing a couple, and and they mentioned this. I don't know if you saw this at the beginning of the broadcast. They've got a couple of players out with ACL injuries for the year. So this is okay. explaining some of what the, you know we were talking about the other day where you weren't sure why somebody was playing. And she was one of those that wasn't playing and, and they got two people out of ACL. So they're going to struggle yeah. at times this year to score and stuff. But even then, these are division one players and we held them to 19% field goals. 13%, you know, they were three for 24 on three. So 13%. So you, the defense was there. I mean, they were getting the first part of the defensive job done. They, they were really making it, forcing them into some tough shots and, and forcing them to miss a lot of shots. So I'm going to point that out here as a notable number. 
Yeah, and Jeff, I had those written down too. You know, 13% from three point. Um, they weren't good coming into the the game. I think what do we say? They are only shooting around 25% or so, somewhere in oh that neighborhood from three anyway, but 13% is really low. So um, but not only that, you know, we held everybody on their team, obviously, to single digits outside of their their highest score with um Jemiah Turner. But we still held her below her season average as well. She's averaging 13 points a game and held her to only 11 today. So, you know, I just thought they had a really good defensive presence today. And um, it show, it's showing up in the numbers today. Um, how about any other team or any individual numbers, if you want to mention any of those here right now? I'm going to go with this one. And, and, and I, to me, because it's just part of what we need to see more of. Uh, and, and, and overall, 10 players played 10 or more minutes. And nobody played more than 27 minutes. And that was Yarden. My number I'm going to go with here is a notable number. Mackenzie Holmes, 19 minutes in a game where we didn't obviously need her. But we've seen games like this in the past where Mackenzie was out there for 28, 29, 30 minutes. I love the fact that she played basically played half the game. Yeah, I do too. And, you know, um, to, to McKenzie on top of it, not only did she only play 19 minutes, but she was very effective, seven of nine from the field, 17 points. And we should um, officially note now she has taken first place of all time field goals made. So she now leads all time field goals made for the Indiana women's um, basketball program. So congratulations to her on, on that as well. So 17 points um, for her. Um, but only three rebounds, which again, I think speaks again to that, that, you know, defensive rebounding, you know, we, we don't typically see for our team where, you know, offensively we're putting a lot of people to the glass. They're more trying to get back on defense and, and whatever, but defensively, I just think that defensive rebounding and it feels to me, we can talk about it more later on Wednesday when we do our other kind of overarching theme of the year podcast, but in this game, especially, I just think our defensive rebounding again was not there for us, and we ended up re out rebounding them in total um, for the game with uh, 38 for them and 46 for us. But again, we we allowed 15 offensive rebounds for us for them, and I just thought that was more when we we clearly had the more athletic team and the, the more size than them as well. So I was really surprised that um, Mac only had three rebounds in that game. Yeah, part of that, I think, and I was watching it, you know, I wasn't happy with the way we were not rebounding, but also Stetson took some shots out of some, you know, you know, that, that sometimes when you're not expecting a shot to go up, you're not getting your you're not mentally getting ready to screen out. You're not mentally ready for it to come off the board. So I thought that, you know, Stetson took some shots, some quick shots, and, 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 and even some, you know, some rush shots, but with that, and then also some of the threes, the longer rebounds and stuff. But yeah, we got to do a better job. We can't give up 15 offensive rebounds to a good team. It's just going to be a disaster if we do that. So I thought yeah. you made a great point there. Yep. Um, cool. All right. Any other numbers, Jeff, you want to touch on today? Or should we move on to our game ball and hardest worker awards? Yeah, just real quick. Make sure we mention again, yeah. 19 assists on 29 made buckets. Yes. Yep. Awesome. All right. Well, with that, let's move on then to first game ball. And if you are watching on the YouTube feed on the YouTube channel, you can see at the bottom of the um, screen there, the scroll having our um, numbers so far to date. So, um, you know, kind of indicative of what we are kind of seeing at different people um, stepping up throughout the year. So we have three people with two game balls with Garzon, 
um, Sarah Scalia and Mackenzie Holmes, and Sydney Parrish has one game ball for the year. So, Jeff, why don't you go first? Who would you like to give your game ball to? Yeah, there's a couple, three different ways I really kind of looked at this, but I'm going to come back to the the player that we just were talking about in McKenzie Holmes, 17 points in 19 minutes. As you said, Kathy, a very efficient seven of nine, three of four at the line. Yes, she only had the three rebounds, but, you know, other than than Sydney, nobody else was, nobody was real, and, and Lily, uh, but, and Lily had seven, but nobody was really, you know, dominating glass numbers today outside yeah. of, of Sydney, really. So, um, so I'm going to go with McKenzie here in the 19 minutes, 17 points, um, just such an efficient. And again, I thought she was, I really felt like we got her going early and that made a difference. Yeah. Um, I, I actually agree with you. I think, you know, honorable mention to Yardin. Um, but I agree Mac for the game ball, especially, you know, taking over, um, <laughs> the most made field goals in women's history. It's kind of hard not to give it to her, but I thought she was really on point today too. Um, as well. And defensively, she got another couple blocks as well. So moving up the charts, you know, on, on that, that category as well. Um, but I thought, you know, she, what was nice to see is that at the beginning of the game, I thought she was kind of waiting a little bit. And when that, you know, ball got down into her and waiting just a, a little bit too long, but she corrected that again mm. throughout the game. And I felt like I noticed she was either passing right back out pretty quickly or turning to the basket and being a little more aggressive and not really letting that double team come and, um, you know, make their presence felt, if you will. And, so I, I really thought that she made some nice adjustments. And her two misses, I think, were both jump shots, but I like seeing her shoot that jump shot a little more. See if she, because if she hits a couple of those, she's going to pull people away and it's going to be harder to double team her in that situation. So I like the fact she was sh shooting those shots. They just didn't go down today. Yeah, absolutely. So that will give McKenzie then her third game ball for the year. Um, well, let's move on now to the Grace Berger Hardest Worker Award. So again, we've had a number of players get this award. So Lexi Bargasser and Mackenzie Holmes both have two. Lene Beaumont, Lily Meister, and Sydney Parrish each have one. And Jeff, same thing here. I think you have quite a list of people yeah. we could probably pick from for Hardest Worker. So let's see how we go. We've already got some votes coming in in the chat, but where do you go? Yeah, again, I kind of I kind of highlighted mine. I think a little gave mine away a little bit earlier. And again, I'm with you. There are several people, and that's always the nice thing about the hardest worker award to be able to have this, you know, ability to have several. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with close, or excuse me, I'm going to go with Sydney Parrish here. Uh, again, eight points, ten rebounds, three assists, a steal, twenty four minutes, and I, and more than anything, it's just because I felt like that Sydney really showed an effort on the glass, especially in the second half when we really, you know, again we had a lead. But, you know, that those first couple of possessions, even the second half, we were right back into giving them up two or three, you know, offensive rebounds, like boom, boom, boom. So I thought Sydney doing the job on the glass. That's why I'm, that's what tips it over for me. But I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I know there was more than just one person today that could get the hardest worker award. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways um, you can go with here. Um, I, I'd like to give a shout out at this point as well to Chloe Moore McNeil. I mentioned her, you know, earlier in the game with her six assists. I thought she was just really good at sharing the ball today and not being selfish and looking for that extra pass. Um, I also think you could look at Lexi um, Bargasser. I think what um, the reason I ended up not wanting to Vote for her is because of the four turnovers. Just got a little sloppy with that ball. But on the defensive end, especially, I thought Lexi was just really giving us great, great minutes and great numbers. But yeah, I'm going to agree with you with Sydney because, you know, I've been kind of harping about rebounding all day today. And she led the team in rebounding and had 10 and almost, uh, you know, one basket away from a double double. 
So for me, I agree with you. I think Sydney um, deserves that hardest worker. So that will give her her second hardest worker award for the year. And um, let's also so, mention real quick. Let's also kind of honorable mention here. Uh, uh, Lily yeah. Meister. Lily Meister only had four yeah. points, but she had four, re- or excuse me, she had seven rebounds uh, and assists um, and two blocks. So again, I, again, we know that Lily's, you know, you know, in, in 20 minutes. And I was, I told my son today that, you know, it, in a year or so, we're going to be talking about Lily, I think, as a big 10, all, you know, an all big 10 type player. She may not be an all American, but she's going to be a, a, a very, very good center for this team when she finally has that, you know, that chance to get the minutes that Mac gets. But we know why Mac gets them and not Lily. So so a little shout out here to Lily real quick, because I thought she played pretty well today. Yeah, absolutely. Quang in the chat says, we are just sharing the sugar for our awards. So I agree. Yes. So um, lots of honorable mentions today. It was a good game all around. Um, So before we kind of leave our our number segment, um, a couple people have asked that I continue to give our, you know, Mac watch update. Um, So I'll do that at this point here as well. So um, McKenzie today with her 17 points, seven field goals, three rebounds, and then two block shots. Those are the four categories we're been watching. Um, We already talked about field goals made that she is now the number one there. Um, She is moving up on the total points. So for those wondering, she needs to average 17.3 points today uh, per game to be able to get a chance at tying Tyra Buss or um, um, surpassing her. And so far this year, she's a point ahead of that average at 18 points per game. Um, with her rebound, she's now got a total of 825. So we'll keep an eye on that. She probably can move up um, to take over maybe number six on that list, but right now she's number seven. And then block shots, she's got 221 block shots um, for for her career. And that takes her, she's already in number um, two position, but she has to get to around 269 block shots to, to take over first place there. So um, quite a bit to go. So about 48 block shots. So she's a little behind pace there, but that is our update on the McKenzie watch part. Um, any other player that there's probably actually Jeff, let me pause. We haven't talked about Sarah today. Um, no. what kind of thoughts do you have on Sarah and, and her play for, for us today? She played 21 minutes for us, had 10 points. Um, she didn't have five rebounds, but no assists. Um, she did have three steals as well, but what were your overall thoughts on Sarah? I think it's also one of those where you kind of get caught sometimes looking and being like, wow, you know, Sarah didn't play a good game today because, you know, it wasn't what we've gotten used to again of 17, 18, 25 points, points, you know, (laughs) but if you look, it was a solid game. It was, you know, three for six from the field, two of four on three, two of two at the line, as you said, the five rebounds and three steals. Um, but I just, there were times though, I felt like I didn't. You know, as you're watching the game, sometimes as a fan, you kind of look back and be like, when did Sarah get those points? I mean, I know she yeah. did, but it was like kind of like she was just in the, you know, she was not the focal point today. And that's okay. That's fine. But she just, you know, just, you know, they're kind of, I kind of look back on now and I'm kind of thinking, yeah, why, what, you know, Sarah had a solid day, but it just seemed to go in the flow. And sometimes that's fine. You, you know, you, you need yeah. those days too. Yeah, I do too. Um, you know, in 10 points and, and only 20 minutes, you know, she only played half the game. Um, and it wasn't because she had poor play. I thought her defense in particular was pretty much on point today as well. Um, and, and then maybe the last person we should talk about is Yarden. Um, I thought she came out and had some really nice minutes in the in the first half, especially. Um 
with 14 points she ended up with, um, but she had some really nice, um, you know, plays defensively. I thought that she was really um, right there too. And also four assists for her. So that, you know, um, I thought Yarden had a really great game today too. So we didn't really talk much about her, but any other thoughts on her? It's, it's see, I felt like Yarden was kind of invisible through the first part of the game. And, you know, she got going a little bit in the second quarter. She hit the one three in the first quarter, but other than that, it didn't really feel like she had done much. Um, and so, but again, a nice, but again, that's the thing you could say about everybody today. I mean, that's why it was so hard to pick a game ball and a hustle award because everybody just had a solid game, 14 points, you know, two rebounds, four assists, a steal, you know, that, that's a solid day. You'll take, as a coach, we always told kids, get us crooked numbers, you know, put up crooked numbers in the, in the stat sheet, put up crooked numbers on the scoreboard they were doing that, but it, you know, it's just, so that's, that's why, you know, again, on a normal day, we might've been talking about Yarden as a possible game ball or, or hardest worker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, real quick. I just want to go back to Sarah too, as well as, and talking about yeah. the, you know, and, and, and with that, but also I think it talks back to the numbers that they, we didn't play anybody huge minutes and I, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we would hope for, we were hoping for from this game for sure. But um, Jeff, anything else you want to highlight um, to cover this game or should we talk about what's kind of coming up next? I, I'm good. I thought we played well against Stetson and we've covered most of the things I wanted to cover. Yep. Same for me. All right. Well, we'll talk about what's next and then uh, I'll get your final thoughts. So um, in terms of what's next for us, we are actually going to have a preview podcast on Wednesday to talk about the next game, which is Rutgers. So the women will play Rutgers on Saturday, December 9th. So they have almost a full week off. That game will be on regular Big Ten Network this this time. It will tip off at 4 Eastern and 3 Central. We'll have a podcast after that game as well. Actually, at not directly after that game, we'll be doing that podcast on Sunday. But um, for us, we will be doing another podcast on Wednesday night highlighting that. So normally here's where we would talk about the upcoming opponent, but come tune in to us Wednesday night and we'll talk about Rutgers on Wednesday. But Jeff, um, what are your final thoughts for, for today before we wrap everything up? Um, just again, a solid win. Like Beck points out in the Workaholics. I'm glad to have you, Beck, uh, in the Workaholics here. We just quiet contributions are important and that's and today was just a team win like we said earlier 10 players with 10 minutes or more we had three players in double figures we had a number of people we could have talked about you know a handful of people i should put that way that we could have talked about for the game ball and or the hardest worker so it was a very good day coming off of a game that a performance that probably wasn't our best performance on thursday in in, in maine but you certainly felt a whole lot better about today's performance and as we head into Rutgers, it makes me wonder kathy a little bit with that week off makes me wonder is it finals week you know yeah. and I, 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 that, that's, that's what i'm great. wondering if maybe finals are this week and that's why they've got the week off before they play again yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking too because I don't know that the men have a game either this week. So no, after Tuesday, I don't think. Yeah, them. after Tuesday, no. Mm -mm. Yep. So they play Tuesday, and yeah, and then they're off as well until Saturday. So, all right. Oh, forgot. <laughs>
All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's next. Again, I already mentioned Jeff and I will be on Wednesday night. We are going to preview records. Um, we'll probably also just talk at a high level about overarching themes that we're maybe seeing from the, the team so far this year around things that are good, things that are positive, um, things that maybe need to be still worked on and those types of things as we're now roughly about a quarter or so of our way through the schedule. Um, again, the women play Rutgers on Saturday. We will not um, do a podcast directly after that, but we will go on Sunday at around um, six central, five, excuse me, six Eastern, five central. Um, Jeff and I both live in central time. So that's why we are always adding the central time. And so we remember what time we're going. <laughs> so, um, so we will do a, a Rutgers post game show the day after. And then if you also are on the, the men's side assembly call will be on tomorrow to preview the Michigan Michigan game with a special guest aunt, Wright, And then they will have a post game show Tuesday night after the men's Michigan game. Um, but if you want to see us do the show live and be part of our live chat, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find that at youtube.com slash at with the at symbol back home network. You can be part of our private community as well. Find out more about that at assemblycall.substack.com. A special thanks to John Ringer of Riggs Design for designing all of our logos that you see either in their Substack or anywhere that you're finding us. He designed us all of that stuff. So thanks to John. Um, we've had some music that you've heard throughout the show. That's from Bob Thompson. So thank you to him. And most of all, thank you for all of you listening live or after the fact. And we will be back with you again on Wednesday to talk IU hoops. Until then, keep your elbow in, your eyes on the rim, and let's go Hoosiers. Well, that was fun. That Much was better fun. game today. I love. I like that a lot more. Even though I know they won, it just didn't feel like it was um, quite as positive on on Thursday after that main game. So it was nice to see that. No, yeah. we we had some fans that were like a, like men's fans. It was like meltdown day, you know, after a, pro, a poor yes. performance. You know, I was like, yeah. oh my goodness. Um, but no, I, I got a feeling that Terry, Coach Moore, had a had a discussion with them on Friday when they got back. Because I, I, I was. I didn't see the press conference. I didn't watch it, but I saw the quotes out of it. And and they all acted like it was no big deal. They felt like that, you know, they thought Maine would give them a tough game and they weren't concerned about how they played. Now that could be coach speak in a press conference and the players yeah. know enough to say that basically the same thing, but fair enough. If she, you know, cause again, we talked about this in the preview. Maine has been in the American East conference championship game, like five years in a row. So they've been on the verge of going to the tournament as, you know, on a regular basis because the American East is going to get, only going to get one bid. Whoever wins the tournament, their, their league tournament is going to get the bid. Um, so with that, but you know, I just got a feeling that there was a little bit of a discussion on Friday when they came back in for the film, the practice, whatever, but you know, we got to play a little more urgency. We got to play with the, you know, and I always, that's the phrase I always use in my teams. When I felt like we were urgency. lethargic. You have to play with a sense of urgency. You have to play like, yeah. you know, there is no tomorrow, even though we know there is, but you just, you, you know, you got to play like every game could be your last one. That's what, you know, and I, and I think that may have been some of the message. Hey, Kathy, I'm going to throw one here to you. I know you were hosting it, but I'm going to throw one to you. And I know this is a IU women's basketball podcast, but in the news today, what'd you think of the college football playoff? Oh my gosh. Um, all I'll say about it is I'm glad that it's going to be more than four teams next year and get expanded because I really just, 
I just hate when it feels to me they're putting Alabama in because it's Alabama. That's um, the SEC. Yeah, in the SEC, yeah. right? Yeah, like totally I just, I don't know. I, I struggle with it when Sean read off the, the the four teams that they put in there and they they put Alabama in there anyway. I'm just and they leave out an undefeated Florida State team. I just think that's <laughs> it's really sad. So no, how about you? What do you what do you think of it? I felt like Florida State should have got an opportunity. Uh, to me, I, I understand the kids hurt, but you got to give you got to. They're they're 13 and 0. They won the league. They, they you know that to me is better than a one loss cha- a one loss champion. And you yeah. know. It, so, like you said, I'll be glad when it goes to twelve. But you know what we'll have next year? This will be like the NCAA tournament. You know where you're where you're arguing about the sixty ninth and seventieth team, and yeah. next year we'll be arguing about the thirteenth and fourteenth team. So. Yeah, this year we're gonna bitch about the fifth place team. Next year it'll be the thirteenth place team, right. and if they expand it beyond that, I'll keep going. But it, it's always gonna but, be like somebody's left out. But this one just feels egregious to me again. I would have liked to seen them, and I didn't see the ESPN show today. I was only I got a couple of a, a little bit on Twitter and. Danny told me about because we were trying to do some things around the house and 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 but I would have liked to have asked that committee chair if Florida State's quarterback was healthy, they're in. Put him in. Who yeah. doesn't get? Who wouldn't have got in? Texas right. or Alabama? Who you know? Basically, right. who did you protect by using the injury as an excuse? Yeah, that's that's which which of the big name brands in college football got benefit right. of the doubt and they were able to use a quarterback injury as an excuse. So yeah. anyway, so, Hey, I will let you do. it so you can enjoy the rest okay. of your thing. Well, thanks to all the workaholics out there. Thanks everyone. Sounds good. Jeff, we'll talk to you Wednesday. See you Wednesday.